I got out of the shower one day and I just caught a glimpse of myself in the, in the mirror. And I was like, huh, I haven't seen myself naked in a really long time. I would just get dressed really quick and go to work or do what I, you know, go take care of something for a kid or, or whatever. And I was like, huh, it's like looking at a stranger on the Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their funny, sexy, and fascinating stories as they take us on their journey. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches it a little differently. And at its core, our show is about hearing, highlighting, and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it is important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. So sit back, relax, and just accept the fact that your time with us will be spent in an awkward turmoil of laughter and arousal. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. If that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, you either need to stop listening or go get your parents and you can listen as a family. The choice is yours. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16. This is an episode where we interview some fellow podcasters, spiritual swingers. Yeah, Adam and Eve came on the show a few months back, and we just haven't had a chance to get their episode out. So we apologize to them for taking a little while. Uh, If you haven't heard of them, the best way to get in touch with them I think it is probably on Twitter at Spiritual Swing mm-hmm. or at their website, spiritualswingers.net. Yes, exactly. And while you're out there searching the web, if you want to find the show notes for this show or anything else, you can go to our website. Which is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can also find us on Twitter under the screen name NNM Podcast. And while you're there, if you get bored and you want to sign up for Cassidy and get a free 30-day elite membership, go ahead and use the links on the resource page to do that. And without much further ado, I think we should just jump into the interview. Yeah, we had one thing to mention, though. uh, We did. Um, At about the 55, 56-minute mark, somewhere in there, uh, Adam is – they're talking about – how people have noticed a difference in his personality since they started doing this. And since his, they started swinging. Since they, well, don't, now they know. You're <laughs> it's in the name. Anyway, the audio cuts out for a split second and there was no real good way to salvage it. So we just kind of left it. But uh, you get the pretty good gist of it. We just wanted to acknowledge that and make you guys aware with, uh, now yeah. let's yeah jump into the show. Now we can do that. We're going. Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. We have Adam and Eve from the Spiritual Swingers pro- podcast with us. Hey, this is Adam. And this is Eve. We're uh, we're the Spiritual Swingers. Um, we started with the podcast around January, mm-hmm. was it? Yeah. I think so okay. Yeah, after uh, we went. Went to Desire last November, and we were telling our story to some of the other podcasters, specifically uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones and C&D from Swinging Down Under. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually. We told it to C&D over dinner, and they're like, oh, we totally need to interview you guys and hear your story because it's so it, – it could be beneficial to people. And we're like, oh, okay, sure. Well, you know, if we work something out, we'll figure it out. And then the funniest one was the Joneses. We were telling them the story in the hot tub. 
at Desire one night, and Eve was like totally rolling her eyes at me the whole time, <laughs> saying, "You need to stop being so detailed with this story," <laughs> because I had told it like twenty five times by that point. And I started out telling the story, and Mr. Jones was sitting next to Eve, who was sitting next to Mrs. Jones in the hot tub. And Mr. Jones, being Mr. Jones, had his arm around Eve, of course, his arm around a beautiful woman. How would he not? And as I'm telling the story, about midway through, it, he works his way up to where he's now standing beside me, just completely enthralled in this story. And I'm like, if any story is good enough to get Mr. Jones from having his arm around a beautiful woman to standing next to a naked dude while he tells the story, <laughs> it's, it's got to be a good story. So, so you, you cock-blocked him with your story. It. Yeah, I totally did. It was, it, it was voluntary, I guess. <laughs> well, and then we both apologized to each other the next morning about being awkward about how we were interacting with each other. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to dive into the story here in a minute. But for anybody who's not familiar with you guys, do you mind sharing just a little bit of personal background? Not, obviously not super detailed, but, you know, roughly your ages and, you know, maybe a couple of things that you guys do outside of going to Desire and doing swinging events. Well, um, we are in our early, early 40s and I... I like to run. I mean, we're just like a normal family. We have a couple of kids that are elementary school aged and we're kind of involved in all of that. Um, I do work outside the home. We both do. And, you know, most of our day to day life is probably just like anybody else's. Um, so this isn't and, something you guys do like six days a week and you just take <laughs> one day off to recharge the batteries or anything. <laughs> Not to that level yet. Yeah, not yeah. quite. Not quite. As much as everybody calls it the lifestyle, it is, it is not a lifestyle. It's like a side job at the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and we credit whatever happens in the lifestyle to Adam's uh, marketing efforts because he's yeah. quite the, well, the I had a PR lot of, person yeah. for the for the couple. You're always. You're you're the quickest one to chat. Like if you if somebody contacts us, you're yeah. the first one. I'm the gatekeeper. That starts and pretty much continues. Yeah, I, mean, I I pop into chats and things when I can, but it's not very. We've often. been in the lifestyle a little over a year, and last summer kind of was our marketing campaign, so to speak. <laughs> or, <laughs> like trying to put I yourself had, out there on dating websites and stuff. Yeah, I, I had a lot of time last summer to be able to almost make our lifestyle re-entry, so to speak, kind of a full-time job. I took kind of a carpet bombing strategy with it because <laughs> I, I, I quickly discovered that the, the lifestyle is a lot like a junior high dance, uh, especially on the sites. Everybody's just kind of standing around on the perimeter waiting on someone to talk to them. Right. So yeah. if you're just that person that reaches out to someone first or takes time to send a decent message, you're, you're good to go. So I just, I kind of joked that it was a carpet bombing strategy, but I sent out hundreds of emails to people. Just if I was remotely interested in your profile, I sent a message right? because my strategy basically was not to put all my eggs into one basket. Cause if I send out one or two messages and I don't get any replies, we're going to get down on ourselves really quickly. You're going to start wondering, you know, what's wrong with my pictures? What's wrong with my profile? What's wrong with us yeah. that nobody's messaging us back? So 
if you send out like 50 messages at once and you get one or two replies from those, all of a sudden you feel successful. Like, Hey, people are interested in it. Right. So, yeah. that, so <laughs> that was kind of general strategy with it. Did you guys craft like an individual message for each person? Did you look at their profile and say, here's a couple of key things that I should mention when I send this, or do you just copy paste hit send and, and hope for the um, best? Honestly, mostly it was kind of a copy and paste thing. Uh, there was a handful, a handful of profiles here and there that where the the written profile struck me more so than some of the others did. So in ones like that, I would take the time to address specific points in the profile. Um, but most of the others, I mean, as much as we like to say that the lifestyle is more than surface level, which it is, a lot of the initial interaction and attraction you have is just based on a picture. Right, I mean, right. there's no avoiding that. And, and I definitely don't want to sound shallow by saying that, but when you're scrolling, when you get search results on Cassidy or SLS or any of those, you, you typically get 15 or 20 pages, you know, 200, 300, 400 results. So you've got to kind of be snap judgment. Yeah, yeah. Bit. There's always a, an initial filtering that goes on, and I think that's yeah, so, common in, in normal life too. So yeah, so a lot of those profiles where it was just like an initial gut reaction to a picture, that would be just like a quick, "Hey, we liked your profile. If you guys want to contact us, feel free to message us back here." But right. if you know there was something more to the profile, or I had a gut feeling that there was something more to this couple, then read through the profile and do a more detailed, sure. you know, personal message. Sure. So you said something a second ago about your re-entry into the yeah. lifestyle. I was wondering if we could maybe elaborate on that a little bit and then talk about, you know, what got you guys interested in this to begin with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do the brief synopsis and he'll pop in with details. Yeah. I mean, give, a, the, give the high level version and yeah. we'll send people to you guys for the, if they want to dive in real deep and hear all the gory details. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so we had, we dated through high school. We met when we were about, I was 15 and he was 16. And so we, and we didn't break up at all through that time. So we, we dated through high school and college and then got married immediately after college. Fast forward about four years, I would say, after we got married and we had been, um, I don't know. We had, we had some friends, not friends that we had lifestyle interest with, but we just vanilla type of friends. And we would always end up talking about sex like all the time with them. So it, we were living in a different part of the country at that time, a larger city. And they, somebody found out that, oh, there's a club in, in our city here that people have sex there. You can go there and you can meet different people and you can, you know, you can do whatever. And so kind of that sort of opened the can of worms of let's, let's go check that out. And so we ended up checking it out with just some friends that like, we had no interest in doing anything with them, but it was just kind of like, it was kind of like our wing couple. And so we decided to go one night to this club. And scared out of our minds. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were more scared. I had no idea what to even expect. So I didn't, I don't think I even knew enough to be scared. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, well, we're with our friends and I'm not sure what we're going to see. I was under the assumption that every guy in the place was going to pounce on Eve as soon as we walked in the door. Cause that's, that's what a sex club was to me Sure. or <laughs> the lifestyle or anything else was, it was wife trading is yeah. what it was. So but I, I mean, if you've never been, how would you know? Right. 
It's, yeah, yeah. Right. Didn't have a clue. And yeah. so this was yeah. like mid twenties, roughly, for you guys. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was okay. a couple years after we got married. Yeah, yeah. And so when when we were there, we actually ran into a former coworker of mine and, and his, wife. his wife, and that is actually and the couple that they were yeah, paired with. Go at the ahead time, and tell so that part because. Well, yeah, we, we ran into your former coworker and his wife, and then the couple that they were kind of in their mutual swapping relationship or whatever you'd call it at the time, their lifestyle relationship. And the guy of that was Eve's former coworker was one of those smarmy types. Like he looked at women in the way that like the wolf character in a cartoon when you were a kid would look at something like turn him into a drumstick uh-huh. or a T-bone steak. It was that kind of thing. He always had that look on his face whenever he looked at a, any woman, but especially Eve. And that just bugged me right from the start. I didn't like the guy from the moment I first met him. But his wife showed interest in me from the point we met him at the club and later on hanging out with them a couple times. So they kind of replaced the couple they were with when we first met him at the club with us because we were, you know, younger, newer couple. We were like 10 years younger than them, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They were in their mid thirties and we were in our mid twenties. So they were like, Ooh, young couple. New Let's flavor. be all over them. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So because the other female showed interest in me, I could kind of look the other way with my feelings towards the other guy Keep in mind as well, we had no concept of what the lifestyle was, what swinging was, how to interact as a couple with another couple, rules, boundaries, none of that stuff was anywhere on our radar. The only frame of reference we had was normal vanilla dating principles, which for us were on pause since we were 15 and 16 years old. So we were utterly fucking clueless. Right. So... Your, we, your dating game was a little rusty. Yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, no, you're a dork. No, you're mm, yeah. no I, it wasn't really like that. But. I wouldn't say that. I think the part that we really, you know, that we missed there was that we we knew about monogamous dating. And so we kind of applied that to the other couple. So there, was, there ended up being possessiveness and jealousy almost with how um, we interacted with them. But then it wasn't to compound that. It wasn't about their relationship and then our relationship growing as a result of this. It kind of became a kind of a cross section of Adam and the other lady spending a little bit more time and more energy and effort on each other. And then me and the other husband spending a bit more energy on each other. And then we kind of neglected our primary relationship relationships as a result. So we ended up, um, well... Fast forward a, a tad bit, we we come to start to name this type of relationship that we had with them was as a dysfunctional polyamorous relationship <laughs> yeah. because and we didn't really learn the language for that until this time around and uh, this time around was lots of books and lots of podcasts and lots of articles and just whatever we could find whatever I could find um, to learn about just kind of non traditional relationships and so I'm like. Oh, we were, I came to him one day and I'm like, we were poly. We were dysfunctional poly. And we didn't even and we know. We didn't it. even know. <laughs> yeah. So it was, that's kind of how we describe it now. Yeah. I kind of refer to it as we were cheating with the other person's knowledge. Yeah. Because I put all, like she, like Eve said, I put all my effort into the other lady. She put all her effort into the other guy. And 
they weren't really in the lifestyle in the sense that we are now either. They, he was in it to fuck other women and she was in it after drinking a 12 pack of beer. They, they were very dysfunctional as a couple on their own. They tried to project a lot of their relationship problems onto us and tried to drag us down with all their drama and they wound up getting divorced. Fortunately, we survived and turned Puritan for like 15 years. <laughs> so how long did you guys, were you in a relationship with them? Oh, about a year. Nine months to a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were it, like the definition of way too much time with a couple was what we did. We were, <laughs> we would go over to their house on a Friday evening and not come home to our house until Sunday afternoon. Wow. Every week. Nearly, every, nearly week. every weekend for a year. Yeah. So it was that bad. And and it was like we were in so deep we didn't even know. Like, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, got to it, see behind the curtain way too it was much. Very odd. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of snuck yeah. up on you, right? And then. So it, did, it, yeah. so it was everything. It was a sexual aspect, a friendship aspect, almost a, a true relationship aspect. It was, it was yeah. full on for. Yeah. I mean, it was because we were getting to the stupid point of like looking for houses and things like that to share. It was silly. Yeah, <laughs> it was well, dumb. We we did because where we lived there was lots of new construction. But I, yeah. I want to go ahead and go on record and say that it never would have actually No, it, but yeah. we, we would have wised yeah. up before we would have actually done it. Yeah, but it, I mean it was definitely odd. Like we look back on it and we're like, what? So we ended up um yeah, when we got out of that, we we are we have mentioned we are from the Midwest and we very quickly after that whole situation ended, found new jobs and new position, you know, closer to home. And almost that was like our deliverance from our like terrible, like sinful ways. Like we, it it was almost like, oh, you know, God saved us from this situation. It will never happen again. (laughs) And now, you know, we're just going to you know, just reset back on the straight and narrow kind of thing. Right. Right. And that, and that went on for probably about, I mean, ultimately it was about 15 years mm-hmm. up until last spring, I guess, when we kind of got back into the lifestyle. But the the progression this time around was kind of a, a different one, um, which we allude to, you know, by our name, Spiritual Swingers. The reason that we got back into the lifestyle was actually because I started to really question a lot of things about um just what kind of like human do I want to be in the world? What kind of wife, what kind of mom, what kind of um, business person, what kind, any of it, it, it was all very, when you're in the, in the religious fundamentalism type of background, it's all very performance based. And it's all very much like if you do, you know, A plus B equals C and don't step off the path because you know, be very afraid of what will happen if you don't do exactly what the formula says. So so I, that got to be very oppressive to me. And I was just like, I can't, I don't think I can, you know, I just, my self-worth was wrapped up in all the things that I thought I was doing, trying to do so right, you know, and whether that was at work or whether that was, you know, in my spiritual life or religion or or any of it. So I kind of, and, and also around that time I started, that was when I started running and I found out that I really like listening to podcasts when I run. And so it, they really, the first ones that I would listen to would be really spirituality based ones, lots of relationship advice ones. You know, I was a young mom of young children at that time. And so it was a lot of things about just family life. And then it kind of 
grew, though, into different kind of religious, but different like world religion types of things and different thoughts, new thoughts, and also uh, psychological things. And I, I got to be very interested in how psychology, modern psychology, a lot of it will confirm things that ancient spirituality traditions kind of knew back, you know, however, for however long. And so that was always very interesting to me. And then it really got more into my own like body image, you know, it kind of got personal, like, oh, I'm the mother of a daughter who's probably going to start asking me some questions about her body at some point. And I was so like uncomfortable by that. I didn't know what to say. You know, I thought, oh my gosh, what if she asks me, you know, something, where do babies come from, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I've got to figure out how to get comfortable with myself before any of that happens. So that was kind of where I would say the sexuality component came into play. And I actually, I think one of the first things that happened to me was I, I got out of the shower one day and I just caught a glimpse of myself in the, in the mirror. And I was like, huh, I haven't seen myself naked in a really long time. I would just get dressed really quick and go to work or do what I, you know, go take care of something for a kid or, or whatever. And I was like, huh, it's like looking at a stranger almost like I didn't really know. So it, it was one of those where I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I just decided that I was going to be naked as lo- as much as I could and just, you know, by myself, try to get comfortable with, you know, whatever, whatever is me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of how it started. And I would say that was about Ooh, six, uh, a year? Was it a year before we got really into A year and a half before we really got into any lifestyle stuff. Okay, yeah, I kind of lost track of the years. that was more sexual exploration for us just as a couple. Right, so what, yeah, it kind of became getting a little more comfortable with, as I got more comfortable with myself, we started having more conversations about things that we might be interested in. And, um, yeah, it kind of grew from there. Yeah, we did one of those... Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. One of those yes, no, maybe lists. Mm-hmm. Right? It's got lists of different sexual fantasies and positions and activities mm-hmm. and things like that. You mark yes, I'm interested. No, I'm not. Or maybe if the other person is. So we took one of those and discovered a few new things about ourselves, yeah. which led to a, a, a really a sexual awakening for us just as a couple. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mm-hmm. as as fantasies grow, you start talking about, well, what if an additional person was involved with us? Who so mentioned that? That Wait, was me. Hey, that was my uh, <laughs> that was my pretend. That was my dream. You see the air quotes I'm making? I had a dream one night. Yeah. <laughs> so when that conversation came back up, was it a little bit of like a still a sore spot thinking back to what had happened, you know, a decade um, before? I think Eve was very concerned that I was going to freak out that she was listening to lifestyle podcasts because that's kind of, she kind of morphed into those from, um, sexuality and sex positive podcasts and that merged into lifestyle podcasts. And you, and I knew the way when you explained it to me that you're only really listening to them for the stories. Um, well, there was a lot. Story. I was very interested, and I still am. I'm very interested in non-traditional relationships. So I love to hear about people that are in like polyamory, you know, different arrangements there. I'm very interested in knowing about how, you know, different, you know, the kink community and how they interact and what different 
things people are into that I have like no idea about. And I would say that those two that I just mentioned, those are not my particular interest, but I'm so interested in how people are wired in different ways. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I think some people probably are wired for monogamy and that's cool for them too. And some people aren't really interested in sex at all. And that's cool for them too. I'm just really interested in how different people can become the truest version of themselves and how the, their relationship style, how they can express themselves through that. So, but I would say that the, the lifestyle podcasts and the ones that do talk about, you know, that I won't say traditional swinger, I guess I'll just say lifestyle podcasts as we know the lifestyle, um, always was a little interesting to me, but I didn't ever think we'd get back into it. That really wasn't why I was listening to it. No. Yeah. I think you explained it to me that you were listening to it for the stories because a lot of your reaction yes. to the podcast you were listening to is like, Oh, I see what's coming here. When, <laughs> because- <yes. laughs> there's, there's a, there's a special, um, mix that I really like in podcasts. And it's when you get some good information that's actually, you know, pretty relevant, pretty, you know, solid information. But then the people that are delivering the information will actually tell about their personal experience as well. So I don't like the really sterile ones where they just talk about like what you should do, like they're the expert, but then they never actually say what they do. (laughs) You know, I like it when they kind of go, Oh, and our experience has been this, or yeah. this is what we're going through right now. And we came, I came across a podcast that has been retired for a very long time, but it's called Sex is Fun. Yep. And it ran for a really long time. I mean, from like, I don't know, 06, maybe to like 2013. So it was a really long running podcast. So there were tons of episodes to go back and listen to. Yeah. And that group um, really kind of hooked me because they, that's exactly what they did is they, they had a topic for every episode and it was educational, but yet the, they wanted to share kind of what their experience had been to. And they're the, one of the, I'll call it a character. I don't know if he was a character or not, but one of the main players on that podcast really, um, opened up at one point about they had gone to desire and him and his wife, it seemed like they were kind of like soft swappers up until that point. And then they went to desire and it opened up this whole new world to them. And then emotions got involved and feelings got involved. And I was like, Oh, I can see exactly because with all the things that I had heard about, you know, in all of the other podcasts that I listened to before, you know, well, there's bonding hormones that happen when you full swell, you know? And so I was kind of like, oh my gosh, is it that, is that why, you know, they got so hooked was because, you know, they made that connection. And I just had all these questions and I was just so interested in how it was going to play out. And so that was the episode that I, or the group of episodes that I had him listen to. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, listen to this. You can (laughs) tell what's going to happen. You know, that got me hooked on it too. And made me realize that the lifestyle and swinging is not what we were doing 15 years ago. Yeah. That there's a thousand different levels to it between just having sex in the same room near another couple to full swap and polyamory and, and everything on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And there's a thousand levels in between. And also it made me realize that Guys that are in the lifestyle are not smarmy, creepy weirdos <laughs> like the guy in the couple 15 years before. So listening to that Sex is Fun podcast and and being able to relate to the guy and his wife and the jealousy issues that he was having when their full swap kind of went awry and the feelings that came up, I identified with that and I felt the lifestyle was 
you know, there was much more of a spectrum to it. And what we had 15 years before was not that. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, we know what not to do. So there's still an interest in this. So let's maybe try it again and do the exact opposite of what we did 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that resource up because so that's Kidder Caper is the guy who hosted that and his wife and his wife is Jade. And that's yeah. a it's a fantastic podcast, and we'll put links to that in our show notes and everything because we couldn't recommend that resource enough to people. It's, no, we also found it a few years yeah. ago yeah. and listened to a ton of the episodes. So, yeah, yeah there were so many of the episodes when I was listening to it that I was like, "Oh my god, I know exactly what's coming. I yeah. know what you guys are doing. You're going down the wrong path. Don't yeah. do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it speaks to every people kind of have to have one like experience where they either like it kind of sets the baseline. You kind of need yeah. a baseline for what to, how to proceed. Right. And some people it either, it's not that traumatic and they're like, Oh, okay, let's figure this out. Or all kinds of emotions get involved. And, you know, they had, yeah, so many things, some kind of similar to us. I mean, not in the same way, but just I could tell the emotion, the emotional aspect of it was really right. something that. Oh, yeah. Like your guys' story. You had kind of a fumble fuck of a first yeah. time. Too. <laughs> yeah, we did. You know? first, a first time, a third time, the seventh time. <laughs> no, the first time was the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's just. Everybody kind of has that. So it's just. It, it's good. Like you, especially what you guys are doing, where you're getting people's origin stories out there. So. There's bound to be somebody that's going to say, oh, holy shit, we had that same thing happen to us. And we never went back to the lifestyle because of it. But this couple that we're hearing is in it and they're doing it right. So maybe we're going to try again and and we'll try to do it right this time. So Right. And you don't have to be defined by Yeah, you don't have to be defined by Anything in life, really. But, I mean, this is a prime example of if you need to practice that, you know, this is great for it. Because nobody's defined by what happens to them on an experience they learn from it and either you like it or you don't exactly you don't, you don't have to do it again yeah, not, exactly. not, absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't scar you you're not tainted it isn't anything yeah so to be ashamed of so after the after the um questionnaire the quiz you guys did it sounds like on adam's side you were you said you brought up like a dream or a fantasy that you had, had about introducing other people and running yeah. running parallel to that, Eve was listening to podcasts about the same type of thing, and you guys almost were running down the same path without knowing it. How did? Oh, I think I pushed you down the path. Yeah, I, you you were definitely leading me on the path up until the point where we where I set up an account for us on SLS. And yeah, I took the ball and ran with it. I kind of had and all I've the been resource- running ever since. Yeah, I kind of had all the resources with the yes, no, maybe list and all the different websites and different things that we um, had to come across. And I would, I don't know, some of it I didn't think you'd be interested in at all. But like some of the things I would just selectively share with you and say, oh, um, hey, I listened to this today. Or like Dan Savage. We love Dan Savage. That oh, might yeah. be where the yes, no, maybe list came from at some point or talked about it. Um but yeah, there's a lot of those things out there that are really interested. Uh, Reed Mahalko has a really good website too. Yeah, talk, um, talk about sex or read about uh, sex. Read about sex yeah. with yeah. our EID, and it was that was one of them um, that I thought was really beneficial to us because he has what what he calls the slut protocols mm-hmm. about how not to get emotionally attached to people that you play with. Right, and I felt like just when I heard that the first time, I'm like. 
that's probably something just <laughs> as you enter in because that was kind of what happened to us is we got we got emotionally swirled yeah, we together broke every one that. of those protocols yeah, <laughs> without even realizing it and that's the thing either. without even realizing it yeah. so um so yeah so th- that was another one and yeah so we kind of but but that was the whole thing is I thought I was just showing him stuff that I thought was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> right. We found out I found out one night that we had an account on us. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was a little bit more involved than that. Yeah. I mean, the the fantasy that I brought up was just it was kind of a natural progression for where we were going with our sex life, and this that was probably a year into our kind of sexual exploration as a couple. I think we had more sex in that year than we did in the first several 15 years of our yep. marriage. Yep. But basically we, I had kind of brought up that fantasy and then it was, you know, a pillow talk kind of discussion from that point on until we went on a vacation, just the two of us to the Gatlinburg area. We got like a nice secluded cabin out in the woods. Cause Eve always talks all the time about, you know, being outside in nature, able to be naked and have sex out in nature. It was a big thing. I can so. relate to that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. Oh, it's it so is. much fun. And there's so few opportunities to do it. It feels like. So. Oh, I know. So we got this nice secluded cabin in the mountains that didn't really have any neighbors around. So we were like out on the patio in the hot tub naked all the time. Mm-hmm. And we started having more discussions, listening to podcasts and talking more about that fantasy of adding an extra person, uh, adding a female, which, you know, bisexual females is the gateway drug of the lifestyle. <laughs> so, so, are, so Eve, are you, then do you identify as bisexual? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's definitely fun. I've always been attracted to women. It's not my main event or anything, but at that point, you know, that was kind of a first step and I'm like, well, Hey, yeah, let's, let's check that out. So, yeah. yeah. So we got to discussing hiring a professional and because of all of the boundary stuff that we were kind of afraid of. You yeah, know, we, yeah. we got it way too deep the first time. And so we're like, well, maybe if we just hired somebody, then we wouldn't, you know, they just kind of evaporate after it's over. Yeah. And you well, what is the worry. Dan Savage thing? Yeah. If you want you're professional not paying results, him. hire a professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, his, yeah, other, so. his other quote on that is, you're not paying him for the sex, you're paying him to go away afterwards. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And yeah. that that was kind of our mentality with it. So. But the more we discussed, the more we got to the point where we don't. We're like, yeah, we're not we sure don't we need really to do wanna... that. We don't need to go down that path. So yeah. we started investigating lifestyle sites. So I thought I would look for like discussion forums or something like that that would just talk about it so I could learn a little bit more. And the first result that came up was SLS. And, you know, the only way to see anything on SLS is if you sign up for an account. So yep. I did an account. And I'm looking through at people. I'm like, hey, there's some you know, attractive, decent sounding, normal people on this site. I was showing it to Eve one day and she saw our username down at the bottom, but didn't know it was our username. She's like, oh, that's interesting. It's this reference. And I'm like, yeah, that's our account. So <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we have an account now on a swinger website. So <laughs> yeah. And it all kind of went from there. Blown away. I was like, really? You're okay. I did not yeah. see that one coming at all. <laughs> So but it was you, fine. I was totally fine with it. So yeah. yeah, it wasn't. So when you guys started back into this, did you lay out some rules and some guidelines? You know, doing all the research you had done to try to avoid some of the the pitfalls yeah. that you had the first time around. Yeah, we 
probably had the most boundaries of anyone entering the lifestyle ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our, our rules were basically, um, or our boundaries were basically parallel play only, girl-girl contact is all right, uh, but no cross-contact male to female, no soft swap. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was literally just girl-girl play and then parallel play mm-hmm. after that. And that was what surprised me the most and probably Eve as well is that we were able to find as many couples as we did and go out on as many dates and have as many play experiences as we, as we did that first summer with those relatively strict boundaries. I mean, literally every couple we did anything with was at least soft swap, probably full swap couples mm-hmm. at I think the time that we done more. met them and went yeah. out to dinner and played with them. Yet they were still willing to work within our boundaries, which was, I mean, not only an ego boost that people were interested in us, but it was very, it it calmed my nerves big time. Yeah, I was going to say, it must have been reassuring to know that people in this community can respect the boundaries that you guys lay out ahead of time. Absolutely. And that was huge for me because I still was carrying a whole lot of baggage from our thing 15 years ago. Because uh, when we did that, we always played separate room because I could not stand to see Eve with the other guy. That uh. it drove me crazy. So for me to be able to have these experiences now with respectable guys, respectable couples that were willing to work within our boundaries and still have a sexy, fun time, that was huge for me. That was a really mm-hmm. big deal with building my confidence and being okay with all this again. Yeah. yeah. So you guys said you started. Oh, you did, or you looked online for a bunch of people, met some people in your area, but then you mentioned you went to Desire. How did that conversation come up, and how did you decide to go there? Well, that was really kind of a fear of missing out thing. Is really the yeah, reason for that? Yeah, but like, I mean, if we think about this, we started the um, this whole thing. It was probably like May of last year, and up until that point, we had gone nowhere. Like. You know, we had not been naked anywhere with anyone else ever, except for whatever dates we had been on. And But we kind of started to look at some different – I felt like we started looking at some different vacation spots on our own. And it seemed that everybody that we met on the websites had been to Desire. Well, they constantly <laughs> they talked about it pictures. on Sex is Fun, too. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was their go-to – yeah. Lifestyle destination. But so, but about that time, I would say that's when um, we discovered we got a thing with Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Uh-huh. And so I kind of started going through all of those episodes. It was probably the middle of the summer last year, maybe around like June or July. And I came across, like, I guess the episode from when they announced their desire trip that was going to be happening in November of 2017. So this was still months, months ahead. I think they said they, they planned it for 14 months. So they had announced that they were going with um, Swinging Down Under and The Curious Couple. Um, in November of 2017. And so this is like June or July of, you know, that same year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it hasn't even happened yet. Oh, so in my mind, I'm like, darn it. We're so like, we could still go, but. Oh, and I looked right away in that point and it was sold out already Mm -hmm. because I looked over the summer and there was nothing available. So I'm like, well, you know, we missed out. We didn't get on early enough. Yeah. So I I would check back occasionally like once a month or something through the rest of the summer and the early fall to see if there was anything available. 
But we weren't that motivated to go yet, except no, for it then, was totally a random. Then check. we started to meet different people on Cassidy and different, you know, I think it was mostly Cassidy yeah. that were going to be going on that very trip. And so we're like, Oh my gosh, they're talking about going to the, on this trip with all the podcasters, of course, that we're obsessed with. And Oh my goodness, it's Mr. And Mrs. Jones and CND and T day and you know, all of them. And you know, yeah. And then, so the fear of missing out completely kind of like overtook us and until what but, about a yeah. week or so before Gosh, maybe two weeks before Halloween. Yeah, I continued to randomly check throughout the summer and early fall, and it kept showing sold out. And for whatever reason, like two weeks or two and a half weeks before, so like around Halloween, Mm -hmm. I happened to get on the Desire site on my phone instead of my iPad. And the weird way that you book through Desire, I think it takes you to a different site, or it used to, when you go on your phone versus your iPad. So it showed there was rooms available for that week. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, let's let's test this. So I get all the way to the point of putting in a credit card number, and I'm like, holy shit, this is real. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be able to go. Yeah. And it was a super discounted price too. So I showed it to Eve, and I'm like, you don't want to know how much this costs. And she's like, tell me. And I told her, and she's like, oh, we're going. We are absolutely <laughs> oh, going. By this point, we are going. Yeah. So <laughs> I went through and paid for it and everything. And it just, it wound up that we were able to go with, you know, two and a half weeks ahead of wow. when the actual wow. trip was. <laughs> it so was... we totally fell into it. Yeah, <laughs> it was time. awesome. Yeah. So Somebody's met... going to hear this and be like, I was on the waiting list yeah. and we didn't get to go. And it's <laughs> Those <easy>. bastards <laughs> made it two weeks ahead and I sat on the waiting list for nine months. Technology, guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we know about technology, right? And how it works and doesn't always. But yeah, it worked out to our advantage that time. Yeah. So. One of the things you mentioned early on was in the hot tub with the Joneses that Mr. Jones had his arm around Eve. By this point, had you guys scaled oh, yeah, back? Oh yeah, we loosened our boundaries. You loosened yeah. the boundaries yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we had. We had. By the time we went to Desire, we had uh, soft swapped a couple times with a couple that we had seen three or four times, and. We had discussed before we went to Desire like what our boundaries were going to be when we went. And we decided that if if we were to play with anybody at Desire, just because it was such a once-in-a-lifetime thing, that we would be okay with soft swap from, you know, first date, so to speak. Because that was typically not our thing up to that point. It was, you know, on a first interaction, we were still always like girl-girl parallel play, maybe some cross-contact but no soft swap on a first play time. And, you know, we kind of loosened those boundaries a bit when we went to Desire just because it was, you know, once in a lifetime vacation, which is now going to be first of many in a lifetime vacation. <laughs> yeah, because once you go, you you guys yeah. know, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a drag. You can't, you can't stop. stop <laughs> You're addicted. Yep. We're, we're well aware. <laughs> So ha- since then, have the has have things evolved down that path further, or have you guys pretty much stayed with the soft swap structure for now? Well, I'd say that we try to treat each couple, each interaction as their own, as it's it's its own thing. Because there, we do have an episode somewhere along there where we talked about how you know we started to be able to do more with people, and Adam says, you know, I think we, I think I'd have been. More com- I, I think I'd have been comfortable with us doing more, you know, on the last interaction. So we kind of projected that into the next interaction, and that didn't 
always go great. So, you know, we, we, you know, I think it just depends on the, what the scenario is and you kind of just have to take each one as they, as they come. But yeah, I mean, we're still soft swap though, I would say. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> yes and no. I mean, with, we've had this discussion a lot of times that, because of the four-way connection that's necessary with a couple, I think we're always going to default in the foreseeable future to maximum of soft swap on a first playtime. Because yeah. you don't, you just don't want to overcommit. Because we like to go with like what Mrs. Jones says, that you'd rather regret not doing something with the option to do more than to re- regret what you just did. Yeah. So we don't want to go into it with a couple and say, yeah, we're full swap and then have it be some weird, awkward, horrible interaction. And then, you know, where, what are you left with at that point? You're just yeah. left with bad memories. So, right. well, and sometimes you don't know the full, like you don't realize your sexual connection with someone until you play with them a little bit and kiss and stuff. And, yeah. and, and then you're like, Oh, this is a really good, you have really good chemistry with that person, but you don't know that necessarily from just talking to somebody. Sometimes you do, but Exactly. Yeah. We, we want to see how the other couple interacts with each other before we commit to interacting too much with them individually. So, but the footnote to that is we have had full experiences with singles, a single male and a single female on separate occasions. Mm -hmm. And Eve has had the opportunity to full swap with the single male and myself with the single female. Mm -hmm. And that it was kind of my idea because I would like to, at some point be comfortable with full swapping with a couple again. Uh, I don't know that I'm there yet, but part of the process for me was to be able to see Eve with another guy. And I felt that to do that with a couple, I would have, for me to be fully engaged with Eve experiencing that. And for me to be able to fully experience it too, I would have to kind of ignore the female of the couple if we were to do that with a couple. And I don't want to do that because I know the first thing a female would think is that, well, what's wrong with me? Why am, why am I not getting attention or not getting attention? But is there something wrong with me that he's not paying full attention to me? Yeah. And I don't want to put a female of a couple in that position. That's an uncomfortable position. So in in my mind, it was logical to find a single male. That way I could be fully engaged and fully connected to Eve's experience. Without neglecting somebody else. Yeah. Without neglecting someone else and to be able to get comfortable with it and vice versa. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think, I think that's an awesome way to go about it. And it's something that I don't know that we've ever heard somebody have that exact strategy but when you think about it because you typically you hear we we soft swap then we full swap and then you know that's the natural progression but to say well we're going to soft swap and then i fully want to take in seeing eve with another guy and then eve fully wants to take in seeing you with another woman yeah it you know it takes a lot of the pressure off that i think people feel in those situations where it's like okay well they started soft swap and tonight was the night we're going to full swap and nope, they've started to move on to it. So now I got to hurry up and get ready to go. But now I'm not, it's not where, you know, so yeah. many, so many things that happen in that moment. And it's just, it's a, it's a huge mind game that you're, you're yeah. struggling with. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really, that's a really fascinating way to approach it. So I'm, yeah, it seems we, obvious. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just gonna say, we've heard so many, it seems like we've heard so many stories about, you know, it, <laughs> 
women performance issues don't are not as visible as a guy, you know. Yeah, don't exist. Well, you know, it, well, they're yeah, easily remedied it, with some lube and uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and the right attitude, right? And so guys can't. They don't have that luxury. And so I think it's really helped because, like, it hasn't, that hasn't been an issue for you ever any of the times. No. Um, and it's been, it's been, I think, a nice confidence builder for you. And I think that's part of it too, is because I think every guy probably kind of wonders, oh, of course, you know, you can fantasize about it and say, oh, yes, whenever the time is right to full swap, I'll just be ready to go. Yeah, no, and then everybody knows it. Maybe, <laughs> no, maybe, but maybe not. And you just, well, and that's, yeah, there's that's a the few out there that card. might be. But. That's the wild card. And so, yeah, it kind of does help to not have so much going on when you try that maneuver the first time because yeah, it I, might go great or it might be harder than anticipated. And yeah. so it's nice to have it kind of in a I just somewhat be controlled able, environment. I just want to be able to let go enough in the experience of full swap with a couple that I don't have to be concerned about what's going on next to me that I can just be comfortable with the back fact that she's having fun and I don't have to be fully engaged with it to be okay with it. And I'm not quite to that point yet, but I, I know it's possible. Is the best way to put it. Yeah, no. And that's, I think it's a very good point is I think you talk to a lot of couples who that's a huge concern is there. And, and I speaking a hundred percent for myself on this, I'm constantly worried about what's happening. And, and that's even true with people that we've known for a while is like, is she having fun? Is she, what's going on? And yeah, every time you start doing that, you stop paying enough attention to what you're doing. And, and then that suffers and you feel bad for the woman that you're with and yeah. exactly what you said. So it's a, it's then, a tricky thing to do. And then God forbid, if you finish first or the other guy finishes first, <laughs> then what do you do? You yeah. either you're sitting there and watching or you're like, oh, shit, now everybody's watching me and I got to hurry. And now I have to. Finish. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of discomfort. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> Very awkward situations sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, once you start to get to be friends with people, you know, those things happen and. And then people laugh about it, right? Or you just yeah, absolutely. You figure out the way around it, right? So I think you know, there's a comfort level that is established over a period of time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not to say that it can never happen because I mean, it's happened for us. It's happened for lots of people. But it's I think the comfort is the the huge factor there. Yeah, never say never. That's my philosophy. (laughs) I could never say never to that. So have you guys, the second time around, feel that there's some benefits to your relationship that you've started to notice in the last year and a half or so? Oh, massively. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's communication, which I think, I mean, everybody says that, but it is. It's like when there's no topic that's not on the table, you know, once you can talk about all this stuff and what else is there to be that's too personal, you know, like you can talk about everything. So. Yeah. We were, we were just kind of talking about that last night, watching trading spaces of all boring shows. <laughs> is that even, is that even still on? Uh, yeah, they brought it back. They brought it back. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. And there was some hot carpenter on there and Eve commented about him. I'm like, well, just so you know, I have a thing for the designer Genevieve too. And I always have <laughs> so, like, okay. It's like now there's all these things that normally you would just be bottling them away, but, mm-hmm. and pushing them back down into the back of your mind. But now we can just say it, we can just talk about it. it. And yeah, there's yeah. absolutely no. Yeah. And it sounds like your fears of 
kind of what happened in your past going into this time have been dissipated over the last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of it was just kind of breaking down the jealousy feelings that I've always kind of had. There was this workbook, actually, that Eve got me about, you know, going through feelings of jealousy and how to break it down and, and work through it. And it was kind of funny because at the time she got it for me, I pretty much already worked through all of it in the exact process that it laid out in the book. So I was just kind of going through reading it. I'm like, yeah, done that. Yeah, done that. Yeah, done that. Um, but the the basic strategy of it is, is the first thing you kind of have to discover is that jealousy in and of itself is not an emotion. It's a combination of other emotions like a fear of inadequacy, a fear in general, um, you know, a, a bunch of other different emotions that all kind of get lumped together into this term jealousy. So what you have to do, like if you see your partner kissing another person and you feel quote unquote jealous, what are you actually feeling? Are you feeling fear that the other guy that she's kissing is a better kisser than you? Are you feeling fear that she's going to leave you? Are you feeling inadequate because that other person might be a better kisser than you? Are you feeling disappointed because that other person's partner is not paying as much attention to you? You know, break down what those feelings are and then you can identify, well, is that a real fear? Is that a real feeling of inadequacy or is it imagined? Right. So do I have a legitimate fear that my spouse is going to leave me for this other person just because she's kissing him? Right. No. Do I have a legitimate fear that this person, other person is a better kisser than me. Well, no, we have all this history together. So, but if my spouse would have a history of, you know, going behind my back after kissing other people, then that's a legitimate fear. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's part of the process is to break those feelings down, discover whether it's a legitimate emotion or an imagined emotion. And then you can discuss that with your partner and you can set your boundaries and everything else based on those feelings that you're having. So yeah. say I have this unreasonable fear that the other person's a better kisser than me. Okay, well, let's just say let's not do kissing with somebody new, you know, on a first date or, you know, first two dates or whatever it is, just till we're comfortable enough with that I know that you're not going to leave me for that other person or whatever else mm -hmm. or that I know enough about them. Right to be comfortable with being able to see that. So sure. and that I'll was kind of the process I worked through on my own and yeah. this book kind of validated it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And and some of that processing, I mean, some of that stuff is happening like lightning fast in the middle of an, a, a situation oh, yeah. too, where you're, you know, everything that you just explained over the last four or five minutes happens in like a split second. Oh, and, absolutely. And you're like, holy shit, I got to process this really fast. What am I going to do? How am I going to react? Do I need to, yeah, so it's something yeah. that, you know, people think, you know, you're going to get in there and it's just going to be super hot and super awesome. And, yeah, sometimes it is, but yeah. sometimes things come up and you're just you're yeah. constantly. The most random thing can tweak you and you'll never know what it is until it happens. And then yeah. you'll have to process through it Yeah. afterwards. But then going back to what you said a minute ago is that your guys' communication now is so much more wide open that you're not afraid yeah. to go to her and say, hey, this is something that happened. It's weird, but it happened, and here's what we need to do about it, or what do you think about it? And yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. There's no more of the you know let my imagination get the best of me and and let my mind run wild. You know, there still is a little bit of that obviously that comes up when your lid initially flips and 
and you know you get all kinds of unreasonable thoughts in your head but you know that you're able to have the a real conversation with the other person and put that stuff to rest without letting it get blown out of proportion right yeah. uh, have you guys told anybody in your family and friends that i guess the relationship changed over the last year yeah, we yeah. actually we we came out to our former pastor and his wife. Yeah, we did <laughs> a couple months ago. It was hilarious. Well, yeah, and and they're they're close friends of ours, and they're not they're not associated with our with our uh, church anymore. But um, yeah, it was pretty funny. We we hadn't seen them for a few months, and happened to get back together with them. And after a few drinks, I just told the um, his wife. We went to a clothing optional resort a few months ago, and she was like, oh, and then thought for a minute, and she goes, oh, were there swingers there? <laughs> are you guys swingers? <laughs> and it was hilarious because he and I are, Adam and I are looking at each other like, we're kind of, there's kind of the point of no return now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Out of the bag you know, now. We, yeah. we, we, we paused for too long. Like yeah. there was no, yeah. yeah. So it was pretty funny. And, um, so that's a funny story that we like to tell people. They're like, what your pastor, but they but, could not have been cooler. Um, they about were it, awesome. Though. They, you know, normally people would just go, Oh yeah. Okay. And have all these thoughts in their head about yeah, what not it saying is, anything not else. understanding anything right. about it, but we sat down with them for a couple hours that night and they had so many questions. They had so many legitimate questions about it. And we just had dinner with them again a couple weeks ago and another like three hour conversation of them just asking very intelligent questions, like mm -hmm. wanting to know why we do it and what the dynamic is like and, and what the community is like and what it's all about. And they, they could not be more supportive and open about it. Well, I think being in their field, I mean, because they both are involved in in church culture. Yeah. They've seen what happens in people's relationships that don't work and how sexually repressed most, you know, Christ, most of Christianity is. And I think they can tell that, I mean, we had, we don't have interest in these folks. They're not our, you know, we weren't trying to like flip any vanillas or anything. Well, and they have no but, interest in joining the lifestyle. No, they're, they're no. Just, oh yeah. It's their curiosity. But yeah. no, I mean, I think that's the point is that they've seen what happens sometimes when people are uh, sexually repressed and all of the, all of the baggage that comes along with yeah, Christian and how it can religion. negatively affect a couple mm -hmm. and, and how they're happy to see uh, a sexually open couple, you know, getting exploring closer together. and exploring yeah. together. And yeah. they they actually commented how they could tell that I'm more of an inverted. Like, I, I would choose not to talk to someone any time over talking to them in vanilla world. But put me in a lifestyle situation and I will go talk to anybody. I'm one of the most outgoing people in the world. And it's been kind of hard for Eve to deal with. <laughs> I can, like, I can actually relate to that because uh, Finn is a pretty introverted. And then we went to desire this last year and he was talking to everyone. And I was like, who is this person? Right? Yeah. It's a yeah. little bit jarring. You're kind of like, okay, I'm used to the being the one that has to carry the conversation. And then, yeah, and, and so it's like you, it kind of comes out of left field. You're not really sure what's going to be said next, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and so, it's yeah, super, it's, 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 it was it's fun. It's been a fun journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
but they they had actually commented when we were out to dinner that they had noticed a, a difference in me and a difference in us that we mm-hmm. seemed closer and that I seemed more happy and outgoing than I normally was. So they knew something was going on, but yeah. they just didn't know what at first. Yeah. That's I mean, that's really awesome to hear that you know somebody from the outside that doesn't know what's happening can tell. Hey, you guys, things seem maybe better or improved. And then to find yeah. out what it is, and it's like, oh, wow, wouldn't have thought that. But that's a really, you know. What a know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know, that's a really cool story. Yeah. Out of curiosity, when you guys broke up with that couple at the years ago, how did that end? Did you guys realize that you were in too deep and get out, or did they end it? And you don't have to share it if it's too much, but. Oh, we can tell. They their relationship started to crumble like before our very eyes. Like we would, they would fight like almost the whole time that we would be visiting them on the weekends and it would be in it with, there was lots of drinking and it was just kind of dysfunctional and we just saw it disintegrating in front of us. So we started to kind of separate ourselves and not be so, um, cause it was leading to drama between us too. Cause she would, talk to you about her problems and try and project her problems with her husband onto you and us Mm -hmm. and try and say that I was doing similar things to him and that you should have just as many problems with me as she has with him and try and drag us down with their drama. And I think fortunately you realize that that's kind of what was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. It just seemed like it was not. Yeah. It just, you know, that it's that new relationship energy thing that they talk about. And so that was kind of wearing off and we were seeing behind the curtain exactly how they were acting. And they, I mean, she, I think she had moved out at the point that we kind of were like, okay, we're just going to cut ties. And about that time, it was like, we need to find some different, like we were kind of done with that city by that point, you know, it was kind of like, we've got to figure this out emotionally. Like we just made the separation. Like we're just like, not even in this area anymore. And this was back before like Facebook and everything. So like literally we didn't, we did. I don't even think we told him we were moving. We just left and no. did not look back. Yeah, we completely cut ties. It was yep. years later before she reached she, out to us on Facebook. She reached out back out to us on Facebook. Um, yeah, like seven or eight years later. Least, and yeah. and you know, honestly, she wasn't the problem really. No. I mean, we would have stayed friends, but just that whole you know, if anybody knows anyone who's been through a divorce, I think it just makes you not yourself for yeah. a while. And so. She was in a better place when, by the time we reconnected that way. And yeah, I mean, we're still Facebook friends. We see what, you know, but yeah, um, it, yeah, it was pretty like it, we just out done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was curious. That's very interesting. Well, luckily you guys didn't have to sell a house with them. That would have been a whole whole other (laughs) thing. Yeah. Right. right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was like one day we went and looked at I kind of, I kind of yeah. can't believe you said oh. that because we were no. with them seriously, but, but we did go a couple times because you know who doesn't walk through model homes from now on, right? Yeah. Again, just for fun. Yep. Yeah, and the, fun. the realtor's like, so what? Are, what's your guy? Are you guys good friends? Like, oh well, you know, here's what we do, and here's <laughs> how we do it. <laughs> so for anybody who's just getting into this, what, what's some advice that you know now that you wish you had known, you know, on day one when you guys started looking into this? I would say one of the most important things for me has been to have like a discreet signal 
to let your partner know that you're tweaked or that something's bothering you or or something has has struck you in a negative way without having to have like with with without either, either having to have like the you know that look like don't you know I'm uncomfortable right now you know you need to have like a, a subtle signal whatever it is I think the Joneses talk about they're pulling the hair on the back of his <laughs> leg or something like that or Page and Pen have the three squeeze thing or something like that just some subtle signal that you can let your partner know okay I want to get back and reconnect with you because. You know, something's tweaking me right now because if you don't have that, you can't expect your partner to notice that you're uncomfortable. It's that's impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll never happen. And the more you wait for them to notice and the longer they don't notice, the more your imagination is going to run wild and it's all going to go south faster than you can imagine. So, yeah, that's that would be my number one advice to a new couple is make sure you have that secret signal to give your partner that you want to reconnect. So I would say along those same lines is I think it's important, especially as a new couple to remember that there's always going to be another opportunity. So I know sometimes there can be a tendency to want to just jump in. And, you know, I think there's always room to build with people that you are interested in. So there's no need to rush in and just to have an experience. Like, don't have an experience just to have an experience. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of do what is my, you know, I guess, I guess I've kind of um, described the lifestyle interactions as kind of like a prescription medication. It's kind of like you can do enough just to heighten the experience that you and your partner are going to have anyway, but you don't want to do too much or you might end up with a hangover. <laughs> Or you might end up with whatever you call it, like withdrawals or an overdose. So, you know, I think it's the minimum dosage necessary because there's always going to be another opportunity to do a little bit more and to build a little bit more um, excitement. Yeah. I thought you were going to go down a road there about there might be a hangover or something worse than that worse being maybe like a some type of STI or something along those lines. (laughs) That could be too. That's a possibility too. I guess since I brought the topic up on purpose, do you guys mind talking about how you guys handle those conversations and how you guys navigate the the risk around the potential for that within the community? So we we've we've gone and been tested before, um, and I guess we don't we haven't full swabbed except for only a couple of times. So obviously when that happens, it's always condoms. We really haven't talked about. Yeah, we've never really had the discussion with any, the actual discussion of, you know, protection versus not or anything like that. Like because, for oral. Yeah. We haven't really. Because that, because that. that's the only thing that would have ever been on the table is oral. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's never even been implied that we were going to full swap. So there was never there was never a requirement for a discussion sure. of condoms or anything yeah. like that. But when you, when you guys meet other couples, do you guys discuss like, well, we were tested, you know, two months ago and here's what, what our results were. What, what is your guys status? And I don't think it's ever come up. We've had people mention in passing that they've just been tested and that they were clear. Um, I think, you know, really it comes down, I guess it's for us, it's kind of come down to sort of like the visual inspection, you know, when you're, yeah. When you get to that point, um, you know, because obviously you're not going to go there if you see anything 
that indicates something that sure. might be of concern. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We're not so- we're not sounding very. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, I, and I very think educated it's... on this, but yeah, I mean, I think. But I guess you get a feel for the people too, and you get a yeah, feel a lot for how often it, they play and how right. connected to each other they are. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to them, the vetting process during our chatting and stuff like that. that right. But then also, you see how they interact with each other, and most, yeah. everybody that we've been with has been in a really long-term, connected type of a relationship with each other, and so you can tell that they care about their health and they care about. Yeah their partner. And so it's, I guess it's kind of, you know, and talking about the vibe and kind of the feeling that you get from them, but it's, you know, obviously they seem to care about each other and it isn't just like this guy over here trying to get, you know, something on the side or the woman, you know, I mean, yeah. definitely they're, they're in it as a team. And so that, that comes through yeah, it's like, it's and like that makes you know us feel more comfortable. That makes yeah. us feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It was just, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on it. I was, we were just, we like to kind of find out how different couples handle that. Cause, and I think everybody handles it a little different and it's, it's sort of, everyone has their own risk tolerance mm-hmm. and that's totally, you know, that's part of what makes you guys you right. So yeah. earlier you guys mentioned a whole bunch of resources as, um, and we're going to of course link to all of those. Are there any other resources that you didn't mention that you found useful while you were exploring this? So I, one of the first books that I read about all of this was uh, Tristan Terramino's Opening Up. Mm -hmm. And that's a really um, good resource, I think, because it talks about a lot of different relationship uh, arrangements, I guess. And I thought that was really interesting. Cassidy is a good one. I mean, that to me is the best looking site out there. But um, as we kind of discussed, I think before we started this podcast was that their community is not quite as large as some of the other sites that have been out there a lot longer. Sure. At least in this area, in the Midwest. Yeah, in the Midwest. Exactly. Yeah. The, the user interface to me is definitely the best on Cassidy. The other ones have a lot more people. So you kind of have to deal with the lack of, um, user interface and, you know, neat stuff going on with the site for the fact that there's more people on it. So, uh, but basically Kind of like I said at the beginning, you just got to put yourself out there. Yep. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just got to not wait around for everybody to contact you. Right. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Well, we we'll, we'll dig all those up and make sure there's links for them all so people can find them. And we just, we wanted to say thank you guys for taking the time to come on the show and, and talk with us. And before we go, do you want to tell people where they can find you guys? Yeah, we are at uh, spiritualswingers.net is our website. And we're also on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all your standard podcast resources. Just search for Spiritual Swingers and you'll find us. Um, Twitter, we're uh, at Spiritual Swing. That's where we waste a lot of our time is on Twitter. <laughs> Most, mostly me, but Eve chimes in on there once in a while too. Anything that's like a, a valid resource with a lot of educational aspects to it was probably tweeted by Eve. If it's like boob pictures or something, I was say, it's, it's just a bunch me. of dick pics. It's, it's just Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for spending your evening chatting with us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and no we, thank we you so much for having us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having Absolutely, anytime. So we'll we will be in touch, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. All right, sounds good. Bye, Bye guys. guys. 
It's us again. Thanks again to Spiritual Swingers for coming on the show. We had a blast talking with them. And next week, we have a interview with our first solo poly male person. Our first solo anything person. Yeah. So we're super excited for that. And in the meantime, if you feel like giving us any feedback, if you're still listening, we appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. If you made it this far, thank you. And we will see everybody in one week.